Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. He was furious. I had not seen my son this angry ever. His face was red. His eyes were red. And he was just, he was shrieking. We were trying to get from the lake to our campsite. We had had a wonderful day. It was beautiful. It was sunny. It was time to go. And we don't know what happened. We don't know what he wanted because he wasn't communicating. He wasn't speaking in words. It was just pure rage. So I put him onto my shoulders. I more like fought him up there, got him onto my shoulders. And we started heading up the steep hill. And my son grabbed onto my head. And I don't have any hair in case you hadn't noticed. And he just pulled, just put his fingers into my scalp and just pulled my skin. I, I'm pretty sure it was like a few inches out. And, you know, at later my, you know, for all you Star Trek fans out there, I, I think I looked probably like a Klingon. It was terrible. And I, we were just going up this thing and he's just pulling all on me. And uh, finally, I just told the others, go on ahead. Because he was, he was not calming down. I set him down and I tried, you know, the consequence or the reward and, you know, every kind of tool that I had at my disposal as a parent, all the things that had worked with my daughter did not work with him. And he was just angry, just berserk. And I, I tried a new technique. I just said, well, Wes, I'm going to camp and I hope you follow me. So I started walking toward the camp and keeping my eye on him, and he was not budging. I, I went a little farther and looked back, and he was not moving. And, you know, the space between us, the gap, had really grown. And I finally was like, I, you know, I got to be a good dad. I can't really leave him here. Uh, my tactic didn't work. So I finally, I just stood there. We stood there for about 10 minutes, maybe 15, and he was not budging angry. Finally, I decided to walk back, and I walked to him. I got down eye to eye with him, this little three-year-old, just red-faced. And I looked at him and said, you're sad, aren't you? Yeah. It's the first word he'd said in a long time. And you're, you're pretty mad right now, huh? Yeah. I said, that's okay. I've been mad too. When I was your age, I used to get mad and sad. And all of a sudden, his face just cleared and his eyes burst with tears and put his face, just buried it into my chest and said, I'm sorry. i sorry, dad. And I lifted him up. I said, it's okay. We all get sad. We all get angry sometimes. You want to go back to camp? I said, yeah. So I put him on my shoulders and we started walking to camp and I asked him, so tell me why you're so mad. And he started telling me why he's sad and mad. And then he told me why he was excited to get to camp. Then he started talking about all the things he was curious about, the deers in the woods that he saw, and where do they live, and do they have tents? And pretty soon, I arrived at camp, this steep hill that we had to climb, with this little boy who'd been transferred into my arms, totally asleep. I'm sweating profusely, and the space between us was completely gone. Why is it so often that, that we draw away from people And we walk our journey alone when what we most want is connection and actually journey together with others. David Benner has this quote, we need companions on the Christian journey for a number of reasons. First among these is that the deep knowing of both self and God, foundational to the Christian spirituality, 
demands deep knowing of and being known by others. We're designed to know others and be known. The Christian faith isn't a faith of journeying alone. It's journeying together. And so don't do 2021 alone. Let's do it together. Why is connection so difficult in our culture? Before the pandemic and especially during, it is so easy for us, especially North Americans, to be disconnected. I talked with several people just asking, what are those forces that would pull them away from community or or barriers that would, would cause them to struggle with community and journeying together? A few of those were, one was technology. That technology that's designed to connect us can sometimes reveal some of the worst aspects of humanity and cause division. Sometimes it can cause addiction, where we're so addicted to technology that we're, we're actually not reaching through it to others, but we're just reaching to technology. Uh, other things are just maybe general attitudes. In North America, we can kind of have that Lone Ranger mentality that I'm going to go it alone. I can handle this alone. I don't want to be a burden on others. I've heard that a lot. I don't want to burden other people with my issues, my problems. Sometimes they're like, I don't want to be burdened by other people's issues. There can be those attitudes that just kind of well up of, you know, kind of independence, rugged independence. Another thing that came up was FOMO, fear of missing out. There's a lot of opportunities in our life, and and sometimes there's so many opportunities or things that we hope will become opportunities that we sometimes never commit to the things right in front of us that are really important because something better just might come. And so we... We miss out because we're afraid of missing out on other things. And that keeps us from community. We also see people going through pain, people going through loss, causes us to kind of curl up when we're in pain and not reach out. It disconnects us. Feelings of being overwhelmed, feelings of social anxiety these days, fear with the pandemic. I mean, there's all kinds of things to be afraid of these days. And those, the fear can get compounded and it can cause us to go feel more and more overwhelmed and more and more disconnected. It's so interesting that sometimes these feelings, whether it's numbness or it's, you know, this overwhelmed feeling, can become more powerful than the desire that we have for community. All these, all these barriers amount to a form of passivity. We're passive. We're waiting for someone else to reach out. And I've noticed that we all long for belonging, but we don't all give belonging. We all long for connection, but we, you know, all, not all the time do we reach out and give connection. If we are wanting to be connected, if we don't want to be alone on the journey, that starts with us. When we start to give that which we desire to receive, it all of a sudden brings an abundance of the thing that we want. If you're wanting to be connected, you're wanting belonging, you're wanting to be together, you have to start giving that to others. We have to take a path of proactivity rather than the path of passivity. So whatever that might look like in this pandemic world, and as we're starting to see our world move toward healing, whatever's safe, whatever's comfortable, whatever's wise, you know, Zoom with people, call people, walk with people outside, bubble with people, whatever that looks like so that you can journey together. But we have to be proactive. I want to start a new series. It's centered on a story with Jesus where he teaches us how to connect on our journey with him and with others. Over these three weeks, we're going to be looking at how Jesus teaches us to share three stories, a story of loss, story of life, and a story of how God is with us. And so today we're going to be looking at 
how Jesus can help us tell our story of loss that begins to lead us toward healing. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. So, picking up in verse 13, it says this, On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. Now, at this point, we don't know who those disciples are. We just know that they are Jesus followers. And the most important thing is we know, if you were to back up in the story, you'd know that this is the third day since Jesus' death. And they're walking away from the epicenter of where the the Jesus story had the climax, where Jesus died on the cross. But for them, they they don't know what's going to happen. This is not a victory. This is a loss for them. They feel like their story's over. Jesus, their hope, their leader, their savior is dead. And they're walking away in grief on the road to Emmaus, about a seven-mile journey. Now, They're walking from tragedy, from death, from crucifixion of their Lord and Savior. And I think it's really important to note, even in this great loss, Jesus' disciples have learned from Jesus not to journey alone. This is an important model for us as Christians, not to journey alone. Even when our first impulse, which sometimes is our worst impulse, might be to withdraw, might be to disconnect. This teaches us to move forward together, even in great loss, in dark times. Verse 15, while they were discussing these things, that being the events of Jesus' death and all that that happened around that, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. They didn't see that it was Jesus, but Jesus joins them on their journey. I love this. You know, there's sometimes, I think in my own spirituality, my own walk, where Jesus has been right there and I didn't even see it. I didn't know it. I think we're in good company if you've ever felt that way before. Now, here's the shift in the story where Jesus teaches us to start knowing and sharing our story. Verse 17, he said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? This is Jesus. He just asks a question. What were you talking about? Jesus is with the disciples who have left Jerusalem because they've lost Jesus. No one knows where he is. He's, according to them, they probably think he's dead. And they stopped, it says, and their faces were downcast. And Jesus asked them, like, tell me your story of loss. Tell me your story of grief. What are you guys talking about? Watch how Jesus continues to help this unfold. The one man named Cleopas, now we know this is Cleopas, he replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place over the last few days? Come on, where have you been? Verse 19, Jesus says, What things? What am I unaware of? Tell me the things. He's drawing out their story. So they say to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. They deeply love Jesus. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Here's the loss. They're beginning to share their story of loss and grief. Verse 21, we had hoped... We had hoped 
He was the one who would redeem Israel, free our people, free us. You know, whenever we have a grief story and a story of loss, there's a, we had hoped a part of that. All these things happened three days ago, but there's more. They said, there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned, like really surprised. They went to the tomb early this morning and they didn't find his body. They came to us saying that they have, had seen a vision of angels and who told them that he's alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had said. You know, they're, they're saying like, this crazy story, we're not sure what to believe. But the, I mean, they're walking away from it all, you know, processing this. And these women have been to the tomb and, and then you've got like some other, you know, of our disciples that, that we know that ran back to the tomb and it was, it, no one was there. And they're like, they didn't see Jesus. They didn't see him anywhere. And they're talking to Jesus and they don't see Jesus. The iron, I mean, this is, I mean, there's Jewish humor, like this is Jewish humor being written into the story by Luke. I mean, what irony. They're, t- they're like, these are all the disciples couldn't see him. They couldn't find him. And they can't see Jesus standing right in their midst. Another thing strikes me at this point in the story is they share their story of loss. Is right now on the journey, they're at the point where there's only a story of the cross and no story of resurrection. If we only, if we're only on the road of the cross with no resurrection, there's no glory, there's no transformation. And as we'll see next week, Jesus brings in a story that begins to reframe everything. If we just stop for a moment and talked about the story of loss, Jesus just begins asking questions to have them express what's in their heart. Sharing our story of loss with each other and with Jesus can be a big part of our healing. This year, I've heard so many stories of loss. I've had people, you know, share like, I've lost friends because of politics. I've lost family members because of COVID-19. I've lost my business. I've lost my work. I've lost things that I never thought I would lose. This has been a real season of loss. A friend of mine, Paul Stevens, that told me one of the greatest things that Christians can bring to people that God has put in their path. One of the greatest things that we can bring is ability to help people grieve the loss that they're sustaining here in the pandemic. I think that's really true. You and I can help others heal and we can be healed or start our our journey of healing when we begin to recognize the loss, when we begin to process the grief. This year has been a time of loss for my family. My grandfather passed as a result of fighting Parkinson's. This happened in November. And I remember a friend called me up and he just said, how are you doing? Tell me what's going on. Tell me your story. So I just started talking about my grandpa. You know, at first he talked about how much I loved him and what a wonderful impact he had had. He was a, you know, just a spiritual mentor and he was filled with love. And he was a guy, his life was filled with light and he was the most grateful, thankful, wonderful man. He was a prayer warrior. I mean, he just prayed for everybody, anything, he prayed for our family all the time. He was just, he was just a, a rock solid spiritual giant in our family and in, the, in our church community. And I told them too, I started telling them about how hard it was to see him slowly fade, you know, his body, his mind fading because of Parkinson's and just like 
how frustrating and angering that was to see that happen to him and just the emotions and feelings that were going on in me and then the tensions that were happening for you know people in my family and my, I even shared with with him that you know the there was one moment that I'll cherish you know for the rest of my life where it was the day that he actually he actually passed earlier that day I, I got to go sit with him and and I just as I was talking with him he could barely respond but as I was talk with him, I just said, hey, you're going to, Grandpa, you're going to be with Grandma. You're going to be with Jesus. You're going to see them soon. And I was like, say hi to Grandma, you know, say hi to others that we that we love. And for me and Sarah, would you say, would you make sure to say hi to our kids that we've lost? We've we've had some miscarriages for any of you that might know our story. And and I just said, say hi to our, our, our children for us. Say that mom and dad are looking forward to seeing them day, someday and getting to know them. And he, he responded to that and, you know, gripped my hands um, tightly. And, um, and then later we lost him. A few months later, my friend lost a parent, lost his mom. I called him. I said, how are you doing? Tell me your story and just listen. And he shared the tensions, the hurt, the, the love, all those things mingling in that moment. I had another friend, lost his father, called him up. How are you doing? Tell me your story. Tell me what's happening. And just began sharing his story. The, the emotions of why is this happening? And I'm just like, I'm going to miss, miss my, my, my parents. Both his parents are gone now. I'm sharing these things and these losses, not to just talk about grief, but to share the power of healing of when we ask a question, when we ask to hear people's stories, and then we just listen. We just listen. My friend listened to me, and I was able to listen to him, and there was healing there. And I want to encourage you, you might be you know, sitting in your home and you, your loss, you might be like, well, my loss seems insignificant. Your loss, your grief is never insignificant to God or your friends. And so I want to encourage you today, this week, call someone that you care about. Call a few people. Connect with them somehow. Zoom, a call, a walk, and just ask them about their story. Ask them what kind of loss they've experienced during the pandemic. And then share your loss or losses with somebody else who will listen. When we share our stories, Jesus begins to heal us. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, has a great quote. He said this, anything that's human is mentionable. Anything that's mentionable is more manageable. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming less upsetting, less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. Like my son, who was so furious, didn't want to go anywhere, wanted to be by himself. When we began talking and meeting eye to eye, the space between disappeared. My hope is that we would be able to share our stories and walk on a journey together so that we're not alone and we're with Jesus.
This week, we've included some storytelling prompts in our show notes, and we want to encourage you to connect with someone in whatever way you can. Ask them about their story of loss. We hope these prompts encourage you to listen and share your stories as well. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.